Looks like we have everyone here, but um, Mr. Depew and uh, Mike Spencer is unable to join this time around. Um, let's go ahead and just jump right in. We've got uh, we've got a, uh, a few new agenda items, and we were also going to we're going to start by reviewing the results of the um, PD staff survey. So thank you, David, for getting that out um, and helping us solicit some feedback from the staff. Uh, do you want to go ahead and share what you got? Uh, I do not have the link here and ready. Um, okay. Um, well, why don't we do Why don't we do an, a different uh, agenda item, and then we'll do that once you've got it pulled up. Okay. Um, so I can start with uh, just a couple quick ones here. Um, let me uh, let me share my screen. Uh, so, um, real quick, I can go ahead and share our enrollment update. As you guys can see uh, up on the screen, um, this uh, is our overall enrollment. At one point, uh, a couple, I would say about three, four weeks ago, uh, we were really sweating it. We were down 145. Um, we ended up uh, gaining lots of ground right up uh until uh the fall adjustment deadline um but in any sense we for uh budgetary purposes they only count kindergarten through eighth grade um we are uh, at a total of 652 kids 631 of them are kinder through eighth grade we were projected kinder through eighth to be at 687 um and ended up being having a difference of down 56. um we're not necessarily thrilled with that, but considering that we were at one point uh, looking at being 145 down, um, being down 56 is is not the end of the world. Um, I'll stop sharing again so I can see everybody. Um, basically what that means is, uh, well, for this year, the district used stimulus funds, so no one had to you know, engage in any uh, ribbing or anything like that. Um, what this means for us moving forward is they'll probably use a similar number for our projections. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit higher because we are going to start to get some um, Afghani refugees coming. I know of seven students who I think are coming our way in the next couple of weeks, and I anticipate that um, number going up. And so by the time they do projections for next year in January, I hope they consider that and we come in at a place that isn't um, isn't too far below uh, where we are right now uh, with respect to projections and what we used to build out our budget. But um, but we ended up in terms of an official sense being 56 down from um, what we were projected to be. Uh, you know, I think we're all aware of the reasons behind that. We're not the only school in town. In fact, it's almost every school in town is down aside from some up in the far Northeast um and a handful of others uh the city's just losing kids because of gentrification and cost of living and different things so um you know that's not cause for celebration by any means but i think it's important to highlight that um it's not just place bridge uh it's everybody it's not like we're scaring kids and families off um it, everyone's losing kids i think the you know the the more time we have to you know to do the good work that you guys are doing now and strengthen our school i think the better position will be to attract uh, additional families so that's the update for our projections um i can keep going unless uh unless you want to chime in here david with the survey results yeah i can do that i'll just share it um there wasn't a ton of responses. Um, hopefully you guys can see this, but the only themes I could briefly see are two people talking about an MTSS. So it sounds like that's a little bit of like wanting a training norming around the MTSS procedure as well as just more time to actually do the MTSS process. A couple of people, I'm not sure how this would fit into a training or as far as professional development, but just trying to create more of like a cohesive school culture it sounds like and more kind of energy building activities on the campus a plug for sel for ece a plug for having a better understanding of how sped 
um, supports, but then also helping students kind of understand what might fall under SPED umbrella. And then a plug for just sharing the actual PD calendar. And then a plug for um, some more training around early literacy, which I also, I, I gave it as an example, but I was also serious about that. So then a couple people talking about early literacy training. So that was everything, unfortunately. No. Okay. Um, I didn't um, added, uh, I did add the one on guided reading plus because I really think at least for the early uh, grade levels, it's very important to have the same, although it's something we're gonna be working during PLC time, but it wouldn't hurt to have a extra. Okay, um, thank you guys. I, you know, I'm, I wish we would have had more responses too, just to see some trends emerge. Um, but you know, we've got the feedback that we've got, and I know you, you, you know, you put it out multiple times to uh, um, to folks. So we'll just take that and roll with it, and utilize you know some of this to to plan some things. I think. Um, you know, if we have multiple people wanting to to norm around MTSS or um, get some more time, then that's something that we can certainly entertain. Uh, the other ones are a little bit of one-offs, but I, I still think that there's some good um, stuff here. Maybe we can shoot to do a more differentiated session uh, down the road where we target some of these um, for just different folks. Um, so I've got the document now and I'll you know, pick up with some planning and um, and we'll we'll shoot to deliver some of this stuff. Um, just make a note here real quick. Some of those comments that touched on doing some more like energy building culture activities within the building. I mean, I, I assume that part of the Wednesday plans are eventually, I know we're focusing on more STEM stuff now, but I was under the impression that some of it is gonna be more, um, led by specials teachers and more kind of whole school activities. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, right now we can't have assemblies for elementary. And so, um, but we're, yeah, the whole spirit of Wednesdays is to do community building, do culture building, have a little bit of additional time for SEL, um, you know, different things. So, uh, so yeah, we're trying to target it that way. Um, this was more for like PD time. Uh, but maybe we look to find something to do as a staff to have fun and and uh, and utilize some of that time. Nothing wrong with that. So I appreciate it. Um, the only thing I would say, Carmen, is as far as guiding reading plus goes, it's my understanding that the district's actually moving away from that via the early literacy modules. And so um, they are. Yeah, uh, with the recommendation that that doesn't happen anymore. So that's a little bit of a tricky one. And they invested. Okay. <laughs> so much time you, and only yeah. training teachers at the district. Yep. But they're Catherine. switching they're switching towards um Orton Gillingham training, which some of us were trying to sign up for, but then the pandemic hit. So we I think everybody who is signing up, which I think was most K2 people, would still be very interested in that if we can make that happen. Yeah. And, and again, maybe that's something like a, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe we can do like a differentiated thing. Uh, Catherine, would you mind just putting that in the document real quick, just so I can keep that in front of in front of my in front of me when I revisit this. But in any event, thank you guys, and thank you for soliciting the feedback. And you know, I'd like to make that a yearly practice, so maybe we'll get some more um, ideas moving forward. Well, and just just really quick, Drew, I, I think we brought this up before. You know, talking about for the staff kind of to have a little bit more fun several years ago we did a thing where you know it wasn't it wasn't all the time but it was like um we actually called it a cafe and you could go in and you could choose like i offered a, a guitar class and michelle gardo the art teacher offered doing stuff with clay and um there were other teachers i think there was like a uh one one of the teachers did a thing on finding different kind of font styles, which was really cool. So it was like you had a menu that you could choose from and to do something that would, that was just fun. That was just out of the ordinary, um, you know, taking a risk or, or whatever. 
so I, you know, that might be something to uh, look at for, like I said, not all the time, but but just say, you know, maybe once every three months or something like that, that, that it just kind of gives teachers a chance to, you know, let their hair down and, and if you want to sort of speak and just to have some fun. Sure. Yeah. I'm not opposed to it. Um, uh, I will, you know, again, I'll take this info back. I think some of it we can um, plug in fairly easily, maybe a differentiated session for some of the one-offs and, and some fun. That sounds like a good next step for just what came out of the survey. So thank you. Um, and again, thank you, David, for putting it out there. All right, and I see another comment in the chat around MTSS. So Ryan, thank you. I will uh, move us forward here. Um, we have just a couple more things to talk about. Uh, I wasn't entirely sure how the committee would like to approach discussing the UIP. Um, so that's why I sent it out prior, the major improvement strategies and the action steps. Um, I, uh, I, I guess I would just open it up to say, like, do you, do you guys feel like in your conversations with your colleagues, or you can go out and ask, are there action steps that we haven't considered, potential action steps that we could add, any feedback on the document that I shared? Again, I didn't feel like we should utilize our time as a committee to um, necessarily go through the whole thing because it's pretty lengthy. Um, but just wondering for those of you who had a chance to read it, you know, what your thoughts are, any feedback that you have. And if you don't have anything right now, you can always, you know, that could be something that, that we loop back on um, at a future meeting. I, I don't have any feedback on it right now, but I do, and I feel like if the, um, there's so much in a school that we could be working on and could be doing and that we all feel kind of weighing down on us that I kind of like the idea of some focus strategies to be consistent with throughout the year and to loop you know, multiple different PDs or trainings or SLOs, et cetera, under, you know, a, a, the same one or two UIP strategies. Um, so I think it does give a nice focus to the school. So I guess my only feedback would be if, if we could kind of make it a continuous theme amongst the staff as this year, this entire school year, we're working on these same three things. I know it takes so long for myself at least to kind of build competency and independence in some of these big, big, big massive goals that I feel like schools eventually build success by becoming, you know, really good in one small focus area over an entire year and then go on to another goal the next year. So I like the idea of having it be consistent themes and tying stuff in throughout the year. Thank you. I mean, we're, we're really, that's what we're trying to do this year is connect our PD and our, you know, DDI and our coaching cycles and then give people planning time on the early release Wednesdays. And I, th I think if you, I hope if you read our um, action steps that it's nothing kind of out of the blue or something that we're not, that you guys aren't already aware of. It's just, you know, strengthening the approach that we take to planning, having certain things on our on our radar. We've already done Ignite. We've already talked about CLOs. You know, there's obviously, those aren't necessarily radically new concepts and just wanting to go deeper with them. Obviously there's the language acquisition, major improvement strategy, because we're a school full of language learners. Again, nothing radically new or revolutionary. It's just trying to build capacity and strengthen across the board with those things. And then we're always going to have a SEL one because SEL is our foundation. And so this year, let's largely just, you know, rolling out our new curriculum and, um, you know, and just trying to be more engaging with the lessons that we, that we provide. But again, I would hope that you guys see when you read that information, you know, the connection between one another and just starting to see it flush out in the PD that we're doing and whatnot, just for the reasons you just stated, David, which is to just pick a few things and just get stronger with them and build out our muscle memory around them and just ask our coaches to be supportive along the way. I think it, 
so one one reflection I have is I'm looking at these more in depth is like these are such big broad goals. I mean, this is like, you know, if you can internalize a daily lesson plan that incorporates culture responsive practices, rigorous tasks and intentional language supports, like if we can all get that down in a year, like we're doing a hell of a job. So I almost would wonder if like narrowing them a little bit um, would allow us to go deeper and a little bit more narrow. Well, I would say, you know, this is just this isn't going to be done in a year. All of these are ongoing efforts to build capacity and whatnot. You know, our hope is to put these on people's radar, give exposure through PD, support through coaching, um, and, and have that capacity be built over time. Last year, it was the unit level. This year, we're bringing it to the daily level. Um, but again, if you think about it through the lens of like the LEAP framework, you know, none of this stuff I don't believe is radically new. It's just how do we give airspace and time to go deeper? You know, um, you know, like the Ignite is going to be part of, of I1, which is, you know, connecting to the larger rationale or the hook. Um, you know, I2, obviously rigor is there's a there's an obvious connection there. Um, CLOs for a school like us going back to I1, but then also connecting to, you know, student communication collaboration, you know, uh, I won't go through the whole framework, but again, these are ways to just take what is already theoretically on our radar and go deeper with it and offer supports. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't, I, I think you bring up a good point, which is just, you know, how do we, as we think about next year, continue leaning into specific areas and not going off on some radically new um, place. We do have to, we do have to submit a pretty lengthy plan to the district and the state. I'll just be honest with you. Um, some of this is, it, it's, it's a, a little bit of just the compliance piece that we have to do on the admin end to, to just show the outside world what we're focused on. But to your point, we want to bring it back to you guys and make it something that feels meaningful and not overwhelming. Um, uh, the last thing I'll say is we know this is a journey with all this stuff the the intent is not at the end of the year that everyone is doing all of those things at a super high level we know it's you know it's a process i just kind of wish that we could use the uip like when we did that clo training last time it kind of felt like oh we're just gonna talk about clos for a minute and then like move on to the next thing it just always feels like we're just like moving on to the next thing and i think the uip would be a really good way to like put it all together and to like say, you know, like this isn't just like chaotic, like the Ignite and the CLO come together to do all of this, to make this happen for our UIP. I don't think that like, I know that that's not happening in my brain. I'm just like, oh, we're talking about CLOs again. You know what I mean? So I think like, I didn't even put CLO and Ignite together until you just said that. So I wish it could be a little bit more explicit in the trainings that we have. Okay. Um, well, that's good feedback for us. I think maybe what we should do is just show, and I showed this at the beginning of the year, but show it again, like we identified a, what we believe to be the components of a strong lesson. And so that's hope ideally the, the through line is the lesson, but then as we go through and go deeper with each one, um, you know, what I hear is we attend, we, we need to be a little bit more explicit with the connection, but the big overarching thing is just, that breaking down over the course of a PD series in the year and in the internalization sessions, that breaking down, you know, all the components of an ideal strong lesson. Um, but again, you know, we need to be more opportunistic about just making connections and, and that's good feedback. And just sharing the big picture on occasion too. Yeah, I think just like one slide, maybe at the beginning of each of those that, you know, cause I, again, I didn't even connect that that was for in unit internalization. I thought it was just like CLOs. I mean, now that yep. you say that, like, obviously it is, but in my brain that did not happen. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair enough. That's just, uh, um, you know, we need to kind of zoom, be able to zoom in and zoom out at different times to make those connections. Um, so thank you. I'm guessing what I'm hearing is no suggestions to add additional action steps. It's really just to be more focused and, and cohesive and making the connections between the existing ones. Okay. I, I don't know where this would fit, but I just like, I keep looking it over and I'm just trying to 
think of just something again that I've seen so far this year, like where I think we're focusing on good things like SEL and CER and, and, uh, and CRE. Um, but where's like accountability for like student action type stuff? Is that part of this plan? Like if we're focusing on that stuff, like I'm wondering if part of our plan can be adding, I think that what we've been doing recently with like the bridge box and stuff is focusing on the positive and stuff, but do we have a, a strategy for just strict like consequences when there are students that overstep or continuously doing things in the halls like is that are we just trying to stay in our improvement plan focusing on the positive and catching the kids that are doing the right stuff um or is there a part of this that's going to be um like consequence based or, or holding students accountable for actions that we're seeing yeah um well the answer to that is that would be in our culture plan and and just some of the stuff that we came up with last year with Linwood. Um, the UIP is always going to be a, a more adult oriented, um, you know, what are the adults doing to improve the school type of document. And if, and if and I'll just be honest with you, if we were to go in the direction you, you're suggesting the UIP, um, you know, the feedback we would get is to go back to, you know, what are the, what are adult action steps taken to improve the instruction and culture to school? They used to not even want us to do a culture major improvement strategy, but I feel like we have to since, you know, they're interrelated. Um, but, you know, I think what you're referring to is in our, you know, just our tier one, tier two, tier three discipline system. And, um, you know, there, it, without getting too much into it, we have, we've been without a Dean and it's been a struggle, but now we have a Dean. And if you feel like certain things in that plan aren't being followed up, then just with, then just communicate with, with Ryan, the Dean and myself. Um, but that's just the honest answer, Ryan, is, you know, that the UIP is not going to be a real venue to talk about like, you know, the, the consequences for kids. If Ryan is picking up on that as a theme, maybe that could be something we add to the open PD times, or at least as an option to discuss kind of what is our matrix and what is the processes for um, generic examples, if I'm understanding Ryan correctly. Yeah, I'm more just saying like, I think we're catching our students again, especially now with like the bridge box doing a lot of really good things. But I think we're also seeing a lot of similar habitual behaviors from similar students. So maybe, yeah, talking through that, like how we can go about as a school and, you know, whether that be K through A, we come up with some sort of system that's communicated widely um, that, you know, can kind of help benefit that and, and allow us to handle those better, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, we can revisit our, our student behavior plan and whatnot and, and get feedback from you guys on how it's going or how it's not going. With respect to middle school, um, you know, Ryan and I have been talking about how to just put some PBIS stuff in place to push towards the positive. And, you know, we've got, I know Ryan's been making phone calls home and addressing kind of the more specific repeat offenders. And then we're hoping the rest of them are going to start to, through those two strategies, are going to start to move towards the desired uh, part of that whole world, so to speak. Um, but you know, there's obviously a lot more to it. And I know that that's not an easy process for anyone involved. Um, but that's why we're trying to put a meaningful PBI system in place, because without that, you can't have the big picture. Yeah, and I do want to add, it's been great so far. Like, like I said, in, in classes, at least from what I've seen, kids are really trying to work and focus and, and have the right mentality. So yeah. thank you well, for sending that out. Well, I'm glad. I mean, that was mostly right. I'm glad to hear that. But it's going to be a journey and a process because, you know, we got our work cut out for us. You know, I don't want to make excuses for kids, but, um, you know, the last time a seventh grader had a uh, meaningful, normal school year, they were in fourth grade. So, uh or complete school year, I should say. So, you know, the social emotional work we've got to do is through the roof right now. Um, so, uh, but that, you know, I, I don't want to be dismissive of what you're saying. I think, you know, middle school teachers just need to give us feedback on how some of this stuff is flushing out. And we do have a plan to address tier one, tier two, tier three for this or that. We have a discipline matrix. We have all that stuff. Um, perhaps we just need to revisit it or, or you know, make sure that we're holding kids accountable, you know, in, in ways that are in the plan. 
Well, and I know um, Ryan mentioned this in the in the email that he sent out that that you have plans for rolling out kind of the same PBIS thing for elementary um, as well, because for like for those of us in, in specials, I know that some of the classroom teachers have different. They do different, um, you know, whether it's class dojo or you know things like that. Um, so it would kind of help if if we were all on the same page in elementary to where, you know, we, we did the bridge bucks in the past. Um, and it's, and it's kind of the same issues a little bit in elementary where you have those kids that do really, really well, but then you also have those kids that you're constantly over and over and over and over again saying the same thing. So, um, would you happen to have a timeline for that? for the PBIS stuff for elementary? No, it's something that we want to work on. I'll be honest with you. If, if you guys want, were able to help get with Ryan and us and help us fast track the implementation, that would help because the reality is, is, um, you know, Ryan and I have been playing Dean and substitute quite <laughs> a bit. And, uh, and if we could get a committee or someone, we've got a structure in place in middle school, we could easily transfer it to elementary. Um, if you guys were willing to help us launch that, we could do it a lot quicker. But I know, you know, Ryan wanted to get middle school launched because it's been it's been a priority. Right, for sure. But well, we used to they used to do with the little just the little tickets for the elementary kids that we called the bridge bucks, and yeah. then they would put them in the bucket, and then you'd have the bridge buck winner every week, yeah. and, and they had a small little prize kind of thing. I think we're positioned to roll that down pretty quickly. Um, but I'm just asking on behalf of Ryan and myself a little bit, that if, if you guys were, if anyone was willing to help kind of get this cracking in elementary school, um, the timeline would be moved up. But, you know, Ryan launched middle school these past few weeks, launching the incentives, and then we were going to turn around and, and shoot for elementary. I'm happy to join any discussions about that. Okay. I appreciate it. I'll let Ryan know. Um, that would that would be very helpful but it's going to happen we just had to we had to prioritize middle school um we've been it's middle school's tricky and i hope ryan and chris would agree that it's been challenging but it also hasn't been horrific i mean there are a lot of middle school kids doing great every single day but there's been some that we've really struggled with and and again you know i think those are the kids who we see who have just been they've been crushed by the pandemic their social skills are struggling their patience is not where it should be um and we've got our work cut out for us but we you know christine to your point you know i think we're positioned to roll that down pretty quickly and i'd definitely be able to to be in on that conversation too dave um, okay yeah right adams and i'll follow up with you okay great thank you very much that that's a big help because even if we started it in specials or something and then, you know, moved into classrooms after that or something, we could we could go pretty quickly. Yeah, because I guess my question is, is like, is this something that elementary classroom teachers need or want? Yeah. And that I don't know, because a lot of them have dojo or they have this or that. And so we have to get some feedback. But if specials teachers want it, we could start there. Yeah, I just, I'm not sure, you know, that all of us in elementary school are interested in that. I think a lot of us have our own systems kind of going and to uproot that in the middle of the year is kind of. Yeah, rough. well, and that's, and Catherine, that's kind of what, where I was, what, where I was headed towards because it was like, you know, like you said, you do different things in your own classroom, but they, it, it's kind of hard to keep track of when they're in specials. If And so I kind of, agree, I like your idea, Drew, of, of us as a specials team kind of coming up with our own little um bridge award or what you know whatever you want to call it yeah i think it would be great to start it with specials in like the cafeteria or recess like those kinds of places cool um it, it just seems like it would be hard to overhaul everything i'm doing in here to suddenly match a new pbis system yeah no no that's cool i mean i get it cool yeah, well, we still want to address those areas of remaining need. And I apologize. Uh, middle school has taken up all of our attention and focus. And I don't, again, I don't think it's that bad right now. Um, 
but it's been a place that we wanted to prioritize and um and we just had our dean start full-time yesterday thank goodness because it hasn't been fun not having one um but this is you know these are good next steps to discuss so thank you guys um and then ryan chris thank you for just the work you're doing to implement uh in middle school the halls definitely feel a lot better last week and this week so thank you um, well, I've even noticed it, and because I I am middle school too, so I even noticed it in in my classes as well. Good. Yeah. Well, that's the you know the research says that if you do this and you flood it out of the gates and really reinforce the positive that most kids are going to move that way. You're always going to have your tier three more intensive type kids, and that's who we're trying to loop the behavior tech team in on and do some different things and just trying to address it from all angles. Um, and then there's those kids in the middle that we want to tilt uh, in a certain direction. So, um, so anyways, let uh, I'd like to move on to our next agenda item, which is one that's very unique to this year, uh, and that is, and I I put it in the email and in the agenda, in the absence of having an SPF, which used to constitute ten percent of teachers evalu evaluation pie, so to speak, um, we now have to come up with a collective measure. And this will be something that at the end of the year in May will determine 10% um, of all classroom and specials teachers, everyone but SSPs, um, and then also myself and my team, um, a certain percentage of our evaluation pie. And so it's supposed to be a measure that can Im that can speak to the whole school. And for a K-8, um, it's been tricky. It's, it's tricky for a couple of reasons because the recommendation was to utilize something that, that uh, is data-driven, but for most of our outcome data, it won't be available in May. We won't have access scores. We won't have CMAS. Um, uh, we will have REDACT scores, but that's, I don't want to use REDACT for a whole school when we have, you know, um, you know, middle school science or math teachers. And so um, it's been tricky to find something that, or think of something that speaks to the whole school um, and that will also be available in May. I mean, we could use, uh, we could use unit assessments, but then it gets into you know, tricky waters for specials teachers and this and that. So um, so I've actually gone round and round with lots of different people in the district just trying to make sense of like, how do I do this in a fair way at a K-8? Um, and, you know, they basically were like, well, this is a unique year and just do something that speaks to things that are important to you or to your goals. Um, and they even said that we could do something that is more process oriented than outcome oriented, meaning we could set a goal around, do we actualize or complete something that's in our UIP? And so, um, so anyways, I'll show you a couple proposals I came up with that I'm hoping will be palatable to everyone involved. And then I was hoping that you guys could get feedback from your constituents and let me know um, before next week, because I also want to uh, discuss this with CSC. So anyways, I'll share um, two ideas I came up with. I think it does make a ton of sense to loop it with the UIPs, kind of echoing what we've already said. So that's exciting to hear. Um, well, here's the information on the breakdown. So for, for you guys, again, 50% professional practice, that's your observations, professionalism, student perception survey. And then the other 50% would be 40% your SLOs and then 10% this collective measure tied to growth or target in school strategic plan and or UIP. So what I'm attempting to do here, and again, want your feedback or thoughts is, um, came up with two. These are from action steps in our UIP, but they are more oriented towards process rather than outcome. 
The first option would be uh, in order to support student growth, all teachers will attend and participate in lesson internalization sessions each month of the school year. The second one is um, in order to support student growth, all teachers will conduct a minimum of one home visit each month of the year. These both speak to um, just goals we have in our UIP and things that I believe are important for us as a school. And so um, I'm gonna stop sharing just so I can see you guys and then I'll put these in the chat. Um, but what I'm hoping is that number one, just wanna hear your thoughts on this stuff. I feel like these are both pretty, um, hang on, let me figure out how to copy and paste. Um, I think these are both what I believe to be, you know, fair because they speak to everyone in the school um and are something that speaks to the goals or things that are important to us in our uip and i'll just be honest are things that i feel like are attainable because what i didn't want to do is say oh we're going to do let's even pretend that we had cmas data by may you know that you know cmas if it's all cmas you know is that fair to our k through two teachers and our special teachers and other folks um you know access would have been something that speaks to most um you know most everyone is a, and is a data point that's directly related to the work that we do but again it's not going to be available um so these are ones that everyone can participate in everyone can make happen i do feel like they're attainable and they speak to everyone um just in the in the building and so i welcome your feedback if you have another one having just read our action steps that you think that we could um propose that you know I'm, I'm all ears but you know we do need as a committee to to get some feedback on these and then land on something because this will actually be used for end of year conversations at the end of the year So I have, I have a quick question. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, you guys are all frozen, so I can't tell if you're trying to talk or not. Like everybody's frozen on the we're, screen. Right no, we're waiting on you. Okay. Uh, so, uh, well, I'm just. This is just a thought again. Too, if part of our UIP is like the um, SEL, I don't know how quickly or readily available this data would be. But I know like through Mosaic, if it's a district-wide thing, we had to take the pre-assessment for SEL, like where were they at socially, emotionally at the beginning? And then we have a post-assessment. Could we use that as data to see if like kids, I don't know how we measure that, but made growth in SEL over the year? Uh, I thought about that as well. Looks like Catherine did. Um, I'll just be really honest with you guys. If we do that, um, you know, we could have certain grade levels or kids who, you know, it's SEL is real tough right now and we might, we might show growth. We might not, I'm not going to shy away from that. It definitely sets the bar a lot higher because then it's, it's, it's dependent on how our kids are reacting to the curriculum and how they feel on the day they take the survey and all that stuff. I thought about it. I thought it would be less palatable to the group and the staff than the ones that I, that I put up there. Just, I'm just being honest. Another factor with that is that it is only three through eight that does the assessment. So I don't know how K2 would feel. Yeah. And that was the other thing. Cause I, I also thought about using student perception or student um, satisfaction survey data. Like does my teacher check in on me and all those things. Um, but again, that those are data points for third and up. And, and so I felt like that maybe that maybe ECE through second grade teachers wouldn't be crazy about that because they're, you know, their evaluations are riding on how third through eighth grade students respond. You can make the argument that they're their former kids and we all have an impact and in, in, in why I believe that to be true in many cases, it's specific to certain grade levels and then it's, it's depending on us hitting a certain marker with the outcome. I have a question about option two. Mm -hmm. So home visits happen outside of contract hours. So can you force us, not force, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Can you make people do that 
And then what happens if people don't? And also what if people aren't trained? Because not to help myself, but I'm not trained. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's that would be we would have to commit to this as a staff and say, okay, everyone um, feels good about doing this. I put it out there because I think home visits are important, but you're exactly right. That would be something if we choose this, we would have to say, okay, um, is everyone willing to support this and go do it? Or we could tweak it to say 90% of teachers um conduct a home visit but um you know you correctly identify some barriers to that well and it used to be um and i don't know carmen if you would know on this but you used to be able you get paid yeah yeah you get paid yeah but i can't to Catherine's point i can't um i can't force everyone to do that. that that would just be something that we're saying hey as a staff we're dedicated to connecting with parents and we're all gonna shoot for this goal i yeah i think that i love the idea of thinking about parent and community engagement with the home home visits i do know that you would get some pushback from people that i'm thinking of in the building um i also um we we do get paid but i think it's like 20 bucks a visit so that's not like a i mean that's not a very commensurate pay just you know to be honest for the time that goes into that i wonder if we could broaden something like that so do, do home visits maybe virtual home visits including as an option maybe a, a certain amount of parent phone calls home or it, i mean if the goal is going to be around family and community engagement how could we broaden that beyond just home visits yeah, we could do that too. I mean, it's going to get a little bit tricky when, in terms of monitoring and whatnot, I mean, we can run a home visit audit pretty easily and just see, okay, everyone did a home visit for the month. Um, but yeah, th- these are things we would have to consider. Um, option one uh, is is a lot more clean because everyone's already doing it and it's directly related to our strategic goals and and emphasis, so to speak. And, and is that built into the PD schedule, the yeah. monthly lesson yep. internalization? It's basically going to happen regardless. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you kind of catch yeah. my drift. So, yeah. um, but I wanted to put one out there for parent engagement because I feel like it's important. Um, but, you know, the again, this is, this is, we're just in a really weird space this year. And I'm trying to come up with something or options that are fair but still reflective of things that are important to us and um and just in all honesty things that are going to set us up for success because of just the unique year and and the fact that we're a k-8 and we have all these different grade levels and folks um so why don't i propose we do this can you share the two options with with um with your constituents, get some feedback. We could, if people are really interested in option two, we could expand it. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to kind of tweak it. Like you guys said, we could say home visits or um, ec- virtual or X amount of, um, you know, X amount of phone calls. I mean, I'm willing to, to expand that. It would require a little bit more documentation and monitoring. But if people are excited about it and we want to make a collective commitment to to parent engagement, I'm not going to argue with it. Um, or we as a committee could just try and tweak it right now a little bit and then put forth something for folks to just essentially give feedback or vote on. Do you want me to send out a Google form kind of so we don't have um, to crawl through the building trying to? I'd actually rather, I don't know. I mean, I guess we could, I'd rather have you guys just talk to folks real quick because then, because there's going to be a certain amount of questions around this. Like, and and I'm hoping now that you guys have heard about it, you can just say, okay, here's what it is. It's 10% of your pie. Um, and here's, here are the pros and cons of each option. I'm, I'm a little bit worried if we don't, if we, if we don't do that, the survey, people might not understand it as well. Um, but again, you could just say um, option two, or I can just try and tweak the language and repost. Um, is when you say it's ten percent, is that like all or nothing? Like I, that's a I believe, and that's a question I have that I have not gotten back to. Is I said, um, you know, 
it used to work like it's not meeting approaching. I was like, so how does this work? And they said, well, this year, and I haven't heard back this year, it's probably just going to be you met it or you did. If not, then we'll have to tweak this goal and say like for option one, we could say teachers, you know, we, we could come up with a rubric of they, they, you know, we exceeded, but cause, or we met cause everyone went to all of them or we were approaching because, you know, 80% went to all of them or something. Um, uh, that I don't have answers for. I'll be honest with you. This is a little bit messy. I'm having a hard time getting clarity because we're a K-8. Elementary schools are just doing REDAC data um, and uh, secondary schools are doing like on track to graduate or um, ICAP capstone data. We have to figure out how to do something that accommodates everybody. One of my... It's just a little bit scary because like I know that I, since I have a baby at home and we go so late, I know I cannot commit to doing those home visits. So like what if other people, if I'm in that spot, I assume other people are as well. So are we just like setting ourselves up to fail? Whereas option one is an easy accomplish. I would agree that option one is easy to accomplish. Yeah, well, and that, which kind of leads into my question too. Um, for option number two for special teachers. You know, I mean, we have, for I have first, third, fifth grade and two middle school classes. And so it's like, do, do I just randomly pick somebody from one of those classes and, and go on a visit or, or, you know, I mean, is there gonna be a, a, like a thing that we have to cover documentation or, you know what I'm saying? Like like a process or, or whatever. I, I would say if we went that, route and again there there could be some complications going that route versus option one um that yeah you could just pick a if we're saying everyone's gonna do one visit then you just pick a kid and do one visit but i understand how that could be problematic for some folks i mean we could tweak it to um to be virtual um in vir virtual, I mean, I'm just thinking if we if we were to tweak it before we go back and get feedback, could we say home visit, including in that and or and or virtual home visit and or an X amount of phone calls? And as far as documenting a virtual home visit in phone calls, that could just be done in the IC conference tab. Um, uh just trying to think of a way to make it if, if if we're trying to reach for parent engagement how could we make that <laughs> for our staff well but then my i mean i'm not saying that that teachers would do this but if if it was just like on the phone call home just the documentation and i see how would you be able to um kind of track the validity of that yeah, I have the same concern. Because you could just put in there, oh, yeah, I called so-and-so's mom, and we had this great conversation. Well, you know, there, there's no real way to, I think, track the actual phone call. It's amazing how you can doctor photos these days. I could doctor a selfie of myself with my <laughs> for a home visit. I just, I, just, I just don't know if we want to go to that space when thinking about this. I mean, there's lots of things that could happen. Um, why don't we do this? I'm going to change all to 90%. I'm going to put virtual in person. Um, I will repost in the chat. Um, and then just get some, uh, just get some feedback from folks. And maybe option two doesn't prove to be the best option for us. Um, because option one is just much more clean cut. Everyone's already going to do it. It's directly aligned to the priorities that we have. Um, it's something that is easily accomplished for us um, and and supports you know something very important to us. That sound fair enough? Um, Wait, I have so, one more question. I'm so sorry. No problem. What if say I'm sick on that Wednesday that it's could we change the wording so it's not? every or all teachers every month do you know what i'm saying because if someone calls out what happens there yeah i i um 
I think we'll be okay. You know, we're, we're just, we're providing the sessions every month for all the PLCs and, and the work's going down. So, um, you know, again, I'm just trying to set up, I think, you know, option one is very attractive because it's, 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 it's pretty clean and we're all, we're all doing it and it's going to happen and I'm confident it's going to happen. And if you were to, if someone were to be sick, then their coach can loop back with them or fill them in and, and it would be all good. Um, yeah. And to Carmen's point, you know, the, the, a lot of the stuff is posted. You can access it. We'll be okay. We're not going to come hunting folks down or say, you know, the whole school didn't meet a goal because somebody got sick in February and didn't attend the session. You know, I don't, I don't want it to be like that again. Um, you know, try to be careful with my words here, but like trying to set us up for success here. Um, so please just talk to your, as Chris would say, your constituents and, um, and just let, me know please by uh monday so i can meet with csc next week um just where the sentiment um seems to be um heading between option one and option two and thank you guys sorry this is a weird one it's just this one year we got to figure something out and we're in a tricky spot because we're a k8 so trying to think in a, in a, in a way that's just fair and in and, and, and doable did you want to just leave it at those two options or maybe if somebody else has a possible suggestion, do would you be accepting of that? Or do you just I'm want never, to leave it at these two? I'm never going to shut something down, but I feel like, you know, number one, we have to run this through CSC by next week. So we would have to come back and revisit as a committee and get more feedback. Um, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to discount anyone's ideas. I, I, I would say, and I don't have all the answers, but I thought about this a lot. You know, what's something that's going to be fair and attainable, and all those things. And it was hard to come up with something where I couldn't think. Well, this is one group that might not be feeling it for this reason. But of course, if you have, if if someone else, if you hear of a really strong option, why don't you just email the folks on this committee, um, and maybe we can approach it that way and just say, hey, what about this? And then if if all of a sudden there's a universal or not universal, but strong support for that, then um, then we can certainly entertain it. So that, that'll be our next step for at least to today's meeting will be to um, to just please talk to your folks and get some feedback on on these two options and let me know so I can take it to CSC next week. Cool. All right, well, um, we've got one minute left. So, uh, so thank you guys. Um, we will touch base uh, a month from now. Uh, just to preview, uh, uh, November will be enrollment update, bell schedule, and we have review parent survey data on there if it's available. I think it should be the one that just went out right now, um, which we can do. Um, Ryan, thank you for um, for recording. Um, if, if you need help just putting in the SLT folder online, let me know and I'll have to ask someone else, but let me know. Yeah, no problem. I think I can do that. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, you guys. I appreciate the conversation. Um, and I appreciate your participation and hope you have a, a nice rest of your evening. Thank you all. You Thank too, you, guys. Too. Thank you. Thank you.